0: We're going to receive communion tonight and healing. Amen. Do you know he- communion and healing go together? Amen. Yeah yeah yeah. Kind of surprised we haven't done this before but they go right together <laughs> and uh, and so let's get ready for that. praise God we're going to have some good things happen and uh, let's go in our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 First Corinthians chapter 11 if you didn't bring a Bible tonight maybe you're not normally uh, coming to church and we're so glad you came and you're fine Uh, you can look on with someone else or listen real close and uh, receive the same words that everybody else is able to read along with and uh, that'll be great father we're so thankful tonight for your precious holy word for your holy spirit we're thankful for healing that Jesus is our healer. And Lord, we believe you now. We trust you for a demonstration of your mighty healing power. That sicknesses may be removed. That painful conditions would be removed from people's bodies. Lord, thank you for the truth that makes us free. And we just thank you that the, that we have authority in Jesus' name. You've given us the right to live long and live strong, to be healthy in this life. Thank you for the price paid for that. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, 1 Corinthians, oftentimes people want to know why they have been or someone they know has been weak or sick or maybe has died at a young age? Those are good questions, aren't they? Uh, oftentimes people want to know, why did that happen? Or why is it happening to me? Or why did it happen to so-and-so? And we, uh, again, try to get, we try to rationalize to come up with many ideas. But I want us to look here at First Corinthians 11 and uh, verse 30. And this deals with this very, Issue that people ask about. It says, For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. Now, when the Bible says there many sleep, how many know that's uh that's code for they die too young? <laughs> right? Everybody's gonna die unless the Lord comes back before you do, but everyone's gonna die eventually. Uh your body just doesn't last that long because of sin in the earth. Uh but when it says sleep here, it's talking about there's a lot of weak people around. There's a lot of sick people around. And there's a lot of other people who are dying too early. All right. And he goes on. And he, in this verse, he says, for this reason. Now, how many want to know what this reason is? I mean, that's a pretty good, pretty, uh, you know, absolute statement there. And so let's go back and get the context of some of what's happening here um, so we can discover this reason okay, they were uh, talking about communion, what we call communion today, the Lord's Supper, all right, and Paul was giving them correction on some abuses, some misuses, some things that they were doing when they took, took communion or the Lord's Supper, uh, and how they were doing some things wrong, and it was resulting in a lot of problems, and they were misappropriating and uh, basically just not approaching something that is very, very important and very, very holy with the right understanding, with the right attitude, and the right frame of mind. Okay? And without going into everything they were doing, they would eat too much, and some would get, eat too much, and get, and some would drink too much, and end up getting drunk during communion. <laughs> you can see that's probably bad. Right. We're not going to deal with that, you know, so much. But let's get in the context of this. Verse 23 Where he says, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. They were treating this thing lightly. They were not giving it the proper esteem. They were not mindful of the thing, the very thing that this represents to be the most pivotal thing in human history. Okay? He said, I got this from the Lord. I got this from Jesus. That which uh, I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus... On the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. Now, we, we most, many of us remember the story. You can read about this in the Gospel accounts. He said, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. All right, so let's let's stop there for a moment. Now, you can see here that the main reason why we receive communion today, we partake of the cup and the bread is so that we are put in remembrance or that we remember or we call to mind the things that Jesus did for us when He was whipped, when He was beaten and when His blood was spilled. In other words, when He gave His life for us. Alright? We practice this so that we remember. Why? Why? Well, first of all, obviously, we have a tendency to forget things, right? Have you ever forgotten anything, (laughs) all right? There's, There's something about the human condition, the fallen world in which we live, that we forget stuff, okay? And sometimes, we forget important things. And if it becomes important enough, the Lord decided to help us out, by giving us something very tangible something experiential that we could practice as frequently as necessary we're not told told to do it every day every week, every month, every year just as often as we do it we, we do it to remember you might need to receive communion more than we do at church might be helpful for you the Bible doesn't command you to but what do you need to do? everybody with me now? He gave this as a help to us so that we would remember why did He attach this physical ordinance in the church, um, why did He attach that to the whipping, the striping, the beating of Jesus' body and the shedding of His blood? Because if you forget anything, you can't forget that. Huh? Huh? There's a whole lot of Bible verses that I have forgotten. And I, I mean, I read regularly to help remember. But how many have ever forgotten any good Bible verses? <laughs> I mean, they're valuable. We don't despise them. We don't treat them lightly. We don't act like they're not important. But yet we forgot them. This is something you can't forget. This is something God went to extra lengths to emphasize so that you would never forget what Jesus did in specific ways now in his body and in his blood as a Christian the moment I forget that I'm off track the moment I forget that I've gotten away from the main thing as far as what is the foundation of my relationship with God, my future in heaven and all that God deals with how he deals with me I can't forget that Everybody understand what we're talking about? So the main reason here is that we, what? We remember, okay? Everything we have from God is based on the finished work of the cross and basing our healing or anything else upon anything anything else is wrong. If I start approaching God for healing and I forget about Jesus, mm, I'm missing something here. I'm missing something very, very important. Again, when he says, you do this in remembrance of me, he's wanting us to call to mind. To call to mind. Many of us, we could recount some of the things that Jesus went through. And even the meaning. How that, we know that by his stripes we are healed. We know that the physical beating Jesus took, in other words, the bread, that we we eat now represents the healing of the physical body many of us can explain that we know that the blood or the the cup that we drink represents the blood of Jesus which was specifically shed for the remission of our sins right so we could be washed white as snow we could be made righteous in his sight many of us could could, could explain uh, those things Uh, but what we must be able to do is to call to mind. There are many things in life that we face. Now, I want to get real specific because we are talking about healing, although we can bring in a lot of different issues. When someone faces a sickness, disease, a physical problem, infirmity, the solution is to call to mind Jesus in what he did. Everybody with me? In other words, there are a lot of things that want to be in your mind. There are a lot of thoughts that come to us. And we say, or we think, what about, and fill in the blank, what about the report I got from the doctor that said blah, 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 and it was bad? It's not about the report you got from the doctor. It's about Jesus. Well, what about the fact that I can't do such and such? It's not about that. It's about remembering Jesus, remembering His body and His blood. Well, what about the fact that I deserve this? It's not about that you don't deserve it. It's about Jesus. Well, what about everyone in my family has had this? It's not about everyone in your family has had this. It is about Jesus. It's about His blood and His body. Everybody understand where we're coming from? And oftentimes the thoughts come, and people have little mini-movies play out in their thinking, and it's fear. It's fear-based, but they see themselves not being able to do, being restricted from certain activities or family life. Or even their life, and they play out pictures in their mind, and they let that, you know, that DVD (laughs) turn. They don't actually turn, do they? It's the light that turns. Uh, They they let that movie play in their mind, and they see their family living without them. They let that movie play, and they see themselves being strapped to a hospital, you know, bed for month on end, or or living on drugs, or, or whatever it is. But that's not the issue. How many know we are calling to mind all the negative possibilities if that condition continues or if the worst case scenario happens? But what we need to call to mind is the body and blood of the Lord. Amen. And if I am mindful of that, nothing else matters truly why did jesus why did he institute this why does he want me to remember that in particular because that is the solution to all the things i face in my life if i've forgotten that i've forgotten everything okay now realize to, to some it's not that you just forgot you never knew. You honestly never knew that there was healing in communion. That when you practice and participate in eating of the bread and drinking of the cup, that there was divine healing power in that. You never knew that. Well, good news. Now you know. And forever. Forever. Come on. Every time you partake and receive Remember what the Lord did for you. Don't you let it slip from your mind. If you wake up in the morning and, and your day is looking blue, remember that the Lord Jesus took stripes for you. Come on, if you need to get up and take communion yourself at your own house, do it. Why? To help you remember that it's not about how you feel. It's not about what you're experiencing. It's about the blood and the body. And if I live mindful of those things, everything becomes different. Hold your finger there in 1 Corinthians. Of course, we'll come back. Go to chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So what are you mindful of today? Come on now. What are you mindful of today? Someone said, it hurts. It's not about it hurts. It hurts is not the issue. This is what I've hurt before. I know. I'm not making light of that. What kind of I'm making light of it? In light of Jesus, I'm making light of it. But I understand. Someone said, it hurts. It hurts is not the problem. Being mindful of it hurts and not being mindful of the body and blood is the problem. Because if I'm mindful of the body and the blood, hurts, goes away. Yeah. Are you serious? You saying if I just think about Jesus, my problem will go away? Yes. Now, not just Jesus in general. A lot of people, a lot of Christians talk about Jesus and they don't know what that means. Specific now. It's like someone who says, I believe in God. Well, what does that mean? That could mean something real good or that could mean anything. I believe in God. Well, who's God? You know, and beyond that, what is he? just that he exists, that's not very impressive. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? It doesn't take a really spiritual person to acknowledge God's existence. But who we believe he is, what we believe about him makes a difference. When I say I believe in Jesus, good, fine. But a lot of people are saying Jesus. What do you believe about Jesus? Specifically, if I want to be helped in my physical body, what do I believe about the body and the blood? Amen. Okay, here you are. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. All right? not some fancy, Not some fancy talker. Verse 2, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. What's the focus? Jesus Christ and Him crucified. What could be another way we say that? The body and the blood of the Lord. Isn't that what he's talking about? He said, that's all I, when I came to you, that's all I was talking about. That's all I knew. Let's see what the result was. He said, I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of humans wi- human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Do you see what the Spirit of God looks for to demonstrate? When we talk about the body and the blood. When we talk about Jesus and Him crucified, that's what the Holy Spirit works, works with to bring a demonstration of God's power. Say, so I'd like to see God move. Good. Talk about Jesus a lot. What in particular? What He did on the cross. What he did as a substitute for us, and taking that beating, and taking our sin, and busting out of that tomb on the third day, and he's alive today. Talk about that, and the Holy Spirit will connect. The Holy Spirit has something to work with. Yeah. Remember the disciples after the re- after Jesus ascended back into heaven, the Bible says they went out everywhere preaching the word, and the Lord uh, working with them and confirming it uh, with si- confirming with signs following. I might have messed that up a little bit. But you notice what they did? They preached the word, and the Lord worked with them. Right? What if the Lord's not working with someone? Maybe they've gotten away from actually what God's word has to say. If there's no demonstration, if there's no power, if there's no miracles, if there's no God on display, we must be talking about the wrong thing. And Paul just cut it right down to the chase. He just got down to the basic stuff. He said, I wasn't dazzling you with great speeches. I wasn't impressing you with my with my great wisdom and words. All I talked about was Jesus and him crucified and God showed up. I talked about Jesus and him crucified and the spirit of God showed up in demonstration and power. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 11. What you thinking about tonight? Have you got anything on your mind? I hope I'm helping. Let's go back to uh, these verses again now. Verse uh, 27. Verse 27. It says, Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Okay. Now, first of all, uh, lest you trip up concerning this, you can't knowing the Word of God. You cannot think that if I've done anything wrong, if I have a wrong thought, if I have you know somewhat less than perfect behavior in my life, then I'm now receiving communion in an unworthy manner. Because how many know we're all toast? That you, you understand what, how that can't. A lot of times people have approached communion, they read that, and they go. <clears throat> And they freak out because they're, they're, there's something not perfect about me, so I'm doing it in an unworthy manner. I'm about to get wiped out here, right here in communion. <laughs> but that can't be what he's saying, right? You can you can see some of the some of the problems that were going on. But one, I, I think I think this can be the case. Receiving these elements in an unworthy manner can be as simple as making it natural they obviously were doing that in other words well they would have a whole meal so they could just be receiving it because they're hungry well that's not the right attitude that's not the right approach I'm receiving communion because I'm hungry (laughs) now some are getting in in condemnation you think well I kind of like that bread (laughs) that's not a problem you can like the bread (laughs) but understand what we're dealing with here is not just a natural thing all right and they had squabbles amongst themselves and they didn't see the serious nature of what they were doing and what it represented okay and so it, it can be uh just making it natural. It can be making it religious. Just doing the communion thing out of a religious motivation. And what do I mean? Out of duty? I've got to do this? Or out of some kind of, I'm doing it so it's helping to perfect me? Or it's making me acceptable before God? No, I'm acceptable in Jesus this is helping me to, what? Remember it. Remember it. It doesn't cause it. It helps me to remember it. And not seeing the holy nature of what this act represents is definitely not the manner in which we are to do this. But notice the scripture says to examine yourself. But let a man examine himself. What are you, if we were to examine ourselves, I would say, do this. What are you mindful of When you're receiving communion Again, not to the point where Oh, I had a bad thought (sighs) Better stop No, we recognize The blood The body of Jesus And what it's done for me That's a proper mindset That's a proper seeing Of what this really represents Okay For the person who's never been born again Examine yourself Why? Because uh, you don't want to receive in an unworthy manner. That means, what does that mean to you? If you've not yet received the Lord and His forgiveness, then you're not, I could say it this way, whether in manner or in existence, you're not worthy of that holy thing. But the moment you call on the name of the Lord you're born again he makes you worthy but our mindset needs to be when I receive of communion I'm examining myself in light of the cross I examine me in light of what Jesus did for me and what he's accomplished in me again it all goes back to being mindful of him not mindful of sin not mindful of any other thing Let's go on on reading here. verse uh, Verse 29. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Notice that phrase. Again, not discerning the Lord's body. Now, not discerning the body would cause you to eat and drink in an unworthy manner. Everybody with me? If I don't see what Jesus did for me, discern one, that one. you know, it's to differentiate, it's to distinguish, it's to see. If I don't see what Jesus did for me, then the way I'm approaching communion is wrong. And that's why the very next verse is where we started. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. What reason is it that many are weak and sick among, among you, and many sleep? Well, people are approaching the finished work of the cross, the blood, the body of Jesus... They're approaching that in an unworthy way. What's an unworthy way? I don't recognize that it was for me. I don't recognize the full impact of what it's supposed to do in me. If I don't see that, what can happen? I can get weak and sick and die early. Man, that's interesting how it's just right there in the Scripture. So what about this part about judging ourselves lest we be judged? Well, how do you judge yourself? Here's the way I judge myself. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I was a sinner, but I've been born again. See, I judge myself recognizing that without the Lord, without the body and the blood of the Lord, I'm toast. And I was altogether unrighteous and sinful in His sight. But I came to Him and now in Jesus, I'm forgiven. I'm free. I judge myself healed. I judge myself right with God. Now, a proper judgment or discernment of the Lord's body. Um, now let me go back. What do you mean discernment of the Lord's body? Do you mean like His body, His physical body? Or do you mean like His body, like all of us as members of His body? Yes. That's exactly what I mean. It's it's really not different. So aren't those two things? Not really. If If I don't correctly judge or view or discern Jesus on the cross in his body broken, his blood spilled for me, then I could tend to look at someone else and see them as less than me see them as evil or wrong or something. There's a problem here. But if I recognize, I see Jesus clearly, I know that everyone in Him is on equal plane. We are all right. We are all washed and clean. We're on the same plane. What's the difference? See, one of their problems in this, again, to get to the context of this, this book, they were treating each other wrong. One person would come, and they'd they'd be hungry. Another person would get, get stuffed. Another person didn't have anything to drink. The other one got drunk. They didn't recognize that in Jesus, we're all equal. In Christ, we're all washed clean. We're all made whole. Amen. And so which one is it? It is it. It's the same thing. The body of Jesus is His body broken for us. The body of Jesus is us. Perfected By what he did Made right and made clean And made holy and pure Okay And so What was that other thought now That I backed up from Huh Yeah no that's not it uh, But understand this The devil <laughs> Remember him He will try to get people to condemn themselves by not judging themselves in light of redemption. They think, I judge myself. I'm bad. Well, I need to judge myself. Yes, I'm guilty. Mm, Stop. Don't judge yourself guilty without continuing the process and judging yourself righteous in Him. All right. Well, a proper discernment ...or a proper judgment in our case... ...does not call sin right... ...nor does it call the blood insufficient. It recognizes the evil and wrongness of sin... ...it also at the same time... ...recognizes the satisfaction of God's judgment... ...in the blood and in the body of the Lord... Which basically leads us to correct or accurate judgment. And if I would judge myself, how? In light of sin? No, in light of Him. Then I don't have to experience any kind of judgment in my life. Oh yeah. Then I have proper discernment. Then I will not be weak. And I will not be sick. And I will not die young. If I have proper discernment and understanding, proper judgment of myself in light of redemption. And so when we receive the communion, uh, the cup and the bread, what are we doing? I'm remembering Jesus. And I'm remembering that what he did, he did for me. Not just that he did it. I mean, no, that's when you get into kind of a religious attitude and it's removed from relationship. We know all kinds of people who believe in Jesus, even believe He died on the cross but are not saved. Okay, let's not do that with any part of the gospel. Let's not do that with any part of communion. He did it. He did it for me. And I'm remembering that what He did changed me that what he did healed me and being mindful of that drives out sickness and disease drives out a sense of guilt and shame I'm not worth it don't be thinking about that think about Jesus because in Jesus you are oh yeah not a problem at all have you ever had maybe a Maybe a a bill came, large bill, and and it it was more than you expected. And you thought, oh, man, ah, what am I going to do with this? And you kind of were concerned about it. You were worrying about it. You're thinking, what in the world am I going to do about this? And then you remembered, oh, wait a minute. I've got some money I put away over here. I forgot all about it. How many know that changes everything? <laughs> when you remember the provision, when you remember the solution, it takes away all the fear and all the concern about the problem. And what do we, what we've got to do? I know I've said it before a hundred times. So I'm going to say it again. We've got to remember the body and the blood. We've got to remember those things. How often? We've got to remember that all the time. All the time. Preaching helps. Reading the Word helps. Communion's a big help because I'm forced into it. If I have ever known, then every time I continue, I'm forced into that memory. And the memory of that makes everything else pale in comparison. The memory of that makes cancer seem wimpy. The memory of that sees a hearing problem as no big deal. So I think it's a big deal. That's because you're mindful of that. Amen. But if I'll be mindful of the body and the blood of Jesus, then it can't stay. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. God is so good. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray for a moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you tonight. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your hand upon us. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy that endure forever. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. Thank you for the body of the Lord that was beaten for our physical healing. That we might receive it and walk in it today. We judge ourselves in light of redemption. In light of the finished work of the cross in light of what Jesus has done will not make light or void these tremendous acts and that pivotal moment in history by calling to our remembrance our failure or shortcoming or an evil report we make Jesus Lord and Master of our lives we make His work the predominant force that guides our way. And Lord, we thank You for the work of God being accomplished in every life, in every body. Today.